Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about fear and superstition, since it is Halloween after all, and mm -hmm. there are a lot of components to Halloween, but often people think of uh, playing at the edges of uh, fear and zombies and Frankensteins and monsters and things like that. And so it's a good night to discuss such subjects. Well, we can start off with the, uh, the reason zombies are so popular is that our race is basically zombie. We're all half asleep. We're, we don't use the upper part of the brain whatsoever. <laughs> we have an obsession with brains because we feel that's really the answer, but it's the heart that's really the answer. It's the soul that's really the answer. Um, That's very good. The entire of the human race is enslaved to money. Doesn't matter if you have all the money there is, you want more. Doesn't matter if you have none, you want more. And so you cannot possibly be satisfied. Like a zombie. Have you ever heard a zombie burp and go, oh, gee, I could <laughs> eat another brain? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, no, that's the whole thing. Zombies will remain <laughs> trending for a long time because that's our society. That's who we are. Soulless just consuming and completely out of, con um, it is the word control. Uh, actually, control is another one of these fake words. It's actually command. But the zombies are all completely out of control, and that's who we are. I thought the Borg were interesting in that they were the consumer completely out of control. But uh, nothing compared mm. to the zombie apocalypse, and the beloved Brad Pitt had to pitch that one. So I thought that was just the... Uh, unnecessary at that point. I gave up totally on all zombie uh, movies after um, Woody Harrelson, whatever his name is. Is that his real name or his part name? I can never remember. But uh, he did Zombie Land, something like that, which was a comedy. Uh, zombie, actually. Well, you did the Zombie Mooners, which yeah, was yeah. very amusing as well. And probably eight but years ago. But you're right. You know, there is that zombie aspect. And one time I was asking myself, when, when I was a child, actually, we would watch those old Frankenstein werewolf movies and Bride of Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering why monsters were so scary. And I realized it's because there's a deadness in their eyes where they're not present where they are and there's no ability to reason with them or to uh, find any compassion in their eyes. And that's what makes a monster. And uh, an employee. Well, yeah. Yeah, dead in the eyes, no reasoning and, yeah. with them. Yeah. And, and it's true that the way we attempt to control each other is to get that deadness in there. And the mm -hmm. way we seek to protect ourselves and to feel better and to flee from our pain is to become zombified. Yeah, no, it's just well, absurd. <coughs> and it shows you, um, maybe let's start with the idea of superstition because uh, it was probably uh, about 13 years ago I remember it was the day, it was Halloween day, yeah. and they had called you on one of the shows on Voice of America, mm -hmm. the TV portion of it, not the radio, but it did broadcast over the internet, which very few things did at the time, mm -hmm. was uh, they called you on to talk about superstition. And one of the things you said 
was uh, about thoughts create and where you place your attention grows. Yeah. And I really felt a big shift in consciousness when you did that because it is so true that if we believe walking under a ladder is going to bring bad luck or whatever, then yeah. that's what we will create. And sure. even if we're not creating the bad luck, what we do is assign the things that happen to us that we don't like to the fact that we've walked under a ladder or whatever well, that Well, that's exactly be. how a curse works. Mm -hmm. Once you believe it's you're just cursed. just somebody else does it, well, plants the seed is all. Yeah, but you, no one actually has to do that. Yes, I know. But that those that say, ooh, I'll cast a spell, Okay, and then when you believe you're under this spell, then you make a list of everything that you attribute to the spell, and then as the list grows, the mind shifts to creating more incidents to support a body of evidence that you are indeed cursed, and that's really, truly laugh out loud. Well, I remember when I was probably in my early 20s or late teens, uh, I was living in this apartment building, and someone put a chain letter under my door. And yeah, I, another. Now remember, I'm like 19 years old. Yeah. And I, I didn't. I mean, it w I'd never even heard of a chain letter prior to that, and it said that blah 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 would happen, blah blah blah, if you don't do such and such. And I said, well, I'm not going to pass on this fear. As a matter of fact, I feel that all the emails and Facebook things that says, if you love somebody, you'll pass this on. I don't care how inspirational that message is. If I'm, if it's taking the form of, you will get money. Uh, the universe will give you all these great things if you pass it along, or these terrible things are going to happen if you don't. I immediately delete that out of my queue, whether it's an email or a Facebook post, because that's essentially it's just the upgraded chain letter. And what happens is it gets into your subconscious mind. I remember I thought about that for a number of years afterwards, and when things seemed to go uh, bad, quote unquote, in my life, I would look back and wonder. And now I see it was a gift, that it showed me that it was my thoughts that, that were tying events together based on that experience. But Yeah, but that's absurd once you understand it as absurd. Right, and I think that that's why this show is so liberating for people. Yeah, uh, this there, is what we do. There was just one more story about that. Um, somebody had given points. me a, uh, a reading against my will, more or less. She took my hand. Um, it was some angel reading, and she goes, oh, 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 my God, oh, my God. And she walked away as if she was going to pass out or something. And I said, you can't just do that and then walk away like that. She said, all I'm going to say is you're going to have a really down summer. Well. I went home and, uh, that night and I had a lot of skills to dismiss things, but it kept popping up in my head. So I asked what the blessing was in that and what I saw was that when you give readings or you give messages or I even interacting with other people, what you say to them is like planting a seed and you never wish to plant a seed that you don't want to see grow into a bush in someone's head because that's the nature of how we think on our planet thus far. That's, that's how we're taught to think. So what I realized was I didn't have a down summer at all, but in her, in her world, having a relaxed summer, which I worked very, very hard for, for all my years, and that was a summer where I didn't have to work as hard, to her that seemed scary. So she interpreted it through her own filter. 
It's very so, boring, fear-based. But it's amazing. It shows you how a fear can be handed off to somebody else and that we don't have to receive delivery of it. No, over the years we've taken 100,000 people and defragged them from some reading somebody gave them. This is an absurd notion. Now, superstition is very simply defined as anything or any, uh, any word specifically that languages your power as external to you. So the word luck is extremely superstitious. Okay, it's not luck, it's passion. The person who has the greatest passion. A creation. <laughs> yes, there are far, yeah, but luck is singularly superstitious as words go. So this entire mentality of my power is not me is the basis of all this stuff and we as zombified uh, slaves, and I see you heard it here, uh, this is not a very advanced planet. It's a beautiful planet. It's got glorious moments, but the civilization on it uh, has not... Um, you think we've advanced from kings and, and peasants? Do you really think that? Do you really think so? Okay. Uh, we elect a new king every four years. No, it's actually now eight years. Okay. Yeah, no, none of this stuff. None of this stuff. And it's all slavery based on money. And it, it cannot be done. Your worth is not your dollar amount. But an $80,000 a year man is certainly worth more than a $40,000 a year man. Don't you agree? Yeah, well, choose one of those two attitudes and not the one I just named. Choose you are the individual. And as you've said many times, you don't measure your success by no, you don't measure your happiness by, by how successful you are. It's yeah, better to measure right. your su hap success by how happy you are. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we have to catch on to as a race. Um, we're very happy. We can be, certainly. And the happier we are, it seems like the younger we are, because young people are notoriously happy, not at all responsible, <laughs> which I think is why. There's somehow response and responsibility and... Uh, well, I think, uh, I think a lot of times, I know this is uh, kind of hopping from subject to subject here. We, we could go back to superstition, but yeah. I think the reason we're happier when we're younger is we don't have that body of evidence of doom. And we do tend to link events together, like things that we classify as being negative. Uh, we we uh, start believing in these things, and then therefore... Uh, whatever we believe in, we will unconsciously, consciously, and superconsciously seek to prove that to ourselves, to, to search for the evidence that validates that amongst all the evidence that's before us at any given moment. So working on your beliefs is really the key. Now the thing with superstition and curses and things like that is what is happening is it, it's very much like a hypnosis. It's one person or an idea that is going in like a computer virus into the computer program of the human mind and then the human mind all of a sudden surrenders, surrenders its power. And it reminds me of there is this uh, insect that th this, uh, well, th this one case I had heard about it goes up to this, this specific breed of roach and it knows how to penetrate its brain and go right to this place in the brain that turns that roach into a zombie, believing anything it makes it do. It, it, it just becomes its servant, and it will even uh, 
let it raise its young and everything and the the bug that has been overtaken is just blindly walking along and we have much more uh well, money has tendency. the same effect well on exactly the human that's race. what i'm saying these these beliefs that were given almost um zombify us so that we carry on and act out and become uh, somebody that acts out the needs of another person and we could call that emotional manipulation just as easily and so it's important to take charge of how you think our show is not about telling us what to think it's showing us how to think and our show is live calling if uh, you would love to this is Halloween night and I know you have to run and give candy to the kids for the next little while but to do call in and ask us any question on any subject because that is the point of this program is for you to grow and change. And this particular program is dedicated to getting us um, extracted from, <laughs> getting the cranium extracted from the Neville's uh, new business card says. Cranial anal extraction. Yes. No matter how far you've got it up there, we're here to help. <laughs> okay, and really that's a great business model because most people cannot see past, uh, we love you human race, but having a, a reaching vision, not so much, uh, the idea that this could all be done because of love, not money, gone, no, we can't do that. And um, who wants to be the first one, yes, or the first group or the first country? Um, back in the 70s, 80s, whenever that was, uh, people set up uh, barter networks so that you could uh, no longer have to do with cash. You could uh, do away with the entire process and they were just dumped. No, there's but whole worlds, subworlds of that going on still. You can still, still find that. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, somebody call in with that because well, it sounds I, I good would, to me. I would as suggest a way of call life. in with something that you feel you is superstitious to you. They, they have done, um, you know, informal, informal studies on athletes that win games and such and almost everyone will have a, a jersey or lucky, lucky socks, socks that they yeah. wear and so it shows you how the brain attempts to tie things together tie causal paths together and when we come down here in our forgetfulness and we're not realizing that we're part of that causal path that we're not just bystanders that are influenced by by things like mother nature and and various things that our brain seeks to find what is the cause so that we can gain some handle on it, so that we can have some power in the situation. So bringing it back to you is very powerful. So what are the things in your life that you are afraid of? Identifying your fears makes you bigger than them. And then you invite them to sit on your lap and you see what do you have to tell me. And after you hear that, then there's no point in them knocking at the door anymore. Once you answer the door, they don't have to knock anymore. So our fears are the boundaries of our belief systems. I look at when I'm afraid that I'm at the edge of a belief system and it's time to grow and it's time to get bigger. And so I would say uh, we would be happy to translate your fears and your superstitions for you uh, to the best of uh, our knowledge and, and things like that. So please do call in. The number has been on the screen a number of times. It is uh, 571-749-1166 for those that may be listening to this and not seeing the screen. And if you are listening to this as a podcast, that means it's already been recorded, but you can call that number to talk to us live any Thursday night between 8.30 and 9.30 Eastern. 
even if you can't aren't hearing the show, but you can get the show live on your computer at telepathictv.com also. Yeah, so it is about having power. This is another thing we would, uh, and uh, superstition and power do not fit in the same brain, the same time slot, the same anything. Mm -hmm. They are so opposed to each other that the more superstitious you are, the less powerful you are. And I don't care if you're some sort of priest or priestess of some obscure, you know, your power lies within you, not outside of you. That's been another major myth. And so then if you feel afraid, and so your stomach becomes upset, I'm afraid of this. Number one, your stomach becoming upset means, what does it mean, what does it mean? It means that you have not identified the love in a particular situation. That's what it means. So if whatever's causing your stomach to be upset, and you look at that, and you send love to it, and I don't mean to say, oh, I love you for beating me up, I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about love in a very different way. And I suppose I'll go over that in a moment. But the idea of the key that your body has given you, the stomach queasiness, yes, means that. What does it mean? I just said it. It means that you have failed to identify the love in a particular situation. There is one principle in the universe. We, it's love. It's that simple. If you don't recognize it as love, then I have to say, you don't recognize it. Okay, so everything is love. To translate that into further English, oh, good English, I speak that, yes. Everything that happens in your life is on your side. Now, realizing that can take most of a lifetime. It can take 10 years. Oh, that automobile crash. Yes, that was totally on my side. That was the only way I was going to get a new car. Uh, that was, and how long did that take you, sir? Seven years, 39 days, 15 minutes? Yes. Yeah. Oh, good. A bright one. Yes. All right. Now, you could, after the impact, go, wow, I chose that. How do you know that? Because it happened in my life. Oh, okay. So I chose it. It happened in my life. I get it, so this was my idea. Yeah, you want to back it up? You want to recognize the love? Oh, well, that was to get me a new car. I love that idea. There we go. So your, your first search engine is why is this love, not what did I do wrong? Very easy way to become a zombie. A guilt in zombie, by the way, that's a whole program well, that is, right that, there. That yeah. is, that is a guilt. Uh, all you have to do is say something to make someone guilty and they automatically go offline. They can fall see asleep. It in their eyes. And I, and I mean, we all can felt manipulate it too. Them. Yeah, yeah, that is the way that works. So when you revamp, when your search engine goes to why is this love, you will be head and shoulders well beyond everyone that you know. You will, in fact, probably be the only one you know, except for this program, that uh, thinks anything like that. But searching for love is the first thing you search for will put you light years ahead of everyone else who is not doing that. Because everyone else is, will this hurt? What did I do wrong? How, uh, there's a failure involved here, I'm sure. Yeah, God. Okay, so why is, if it hurts your stomach, you first ask it, why, show me the love that you are. Okay? And you'll find yourself in there. 
you know, the squirrels eating all the sunflower yeah. seeds. That's the uh, fear you have of your own greediness. It's that simple. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, you know, you asked squirrel, all right, you're really, you're eating all the sunflower seeds. Why is that an act of love? And the squirrel says, well, I'm reflecting you back to you. I could have been satisfied, but no, I have to have every last sunflower seed. You see what I'm saying? Or maybe you don't watch squirrels. Squirrels well, are I, a good entertainment. I wasn't calling them greedy so much as I, I just wanted the little birds to have some seed as well. well yeah, you that's know, I don't, the other I don't thing. feel that I was being greedy in that, but yeah. I, see your, I see your point. Um, Thank you. Uh, I think it was more reflecting back um, this this idea that I have to help the birds. I think that was more of the reflection for me because obviously we don't have to help uh, in any way. But at any rate, um, this idea of, of um, you had mentioned some, uh, several points earlier that I thought would be uh, excellent to expound upon. Recognizing was, everything is love immediately well, instead yeah, of okay. 15 years and later. This idea of, of trying to figure it out, because this is another thing, and I think it's wonderful to figure out why things happen in your life. Uh, like the example that Neville gave of the car, you know, oh, eventually, yes, got a new car. I think that there even comes a time where you just trust that there is a divinity to it and you don't have to see it because sometimes then we can get tied to figuring it out and that it has to be good and bad and that this bad thing has to actually be a good thing and then we're in this ping pong match going between the two poles and so I think that what is even oh. better is just trust and, it, mm -hmm. and, and go on. I, I think I may have shared this dream with you that I had one time where I was standing in front of two elevators the one on the right opens up and the floors don't match up. And I didn't want to get on it. So the guide standing next to me said, don't. So I didn't. And the other elevators opened up and everybody got on that other one. These elevators op open up and they're, they're uh, uh, you know, the car and the floor and uh, level. So I get on and I say, can I go back and see if that elevator crashed like my intuition was telling me? And the angel said, no, because you cannot bring uh, magic into the world of logic. It can't live there. You have to trust and your validation will come later. And I think we are so tied to having some kind of a validation before we let that event off the hook. We have to have something that's material that we can tangibly say. But if we can get to the place where we just trust that it's there, and it may not be the time for me to even see it. And even if I never see it, I'm still going to believe in it. It's an extremely powerful thing, and we're not attached to any kind of an outcome or any kind of a discovery. It was very powerful for me. Mm -hmm. Well, the, um, what happens is, uh, from the smallest child, we are trained to doubt. We're never trained to know. We came knowing. We know how to know. Well, we can't have that. If we had a race of people that know, this would be an advanced planet, there'd be no money, and we'd uh, conquer traveling faster than light in a little under a year where we'd have practical application of it. It's not that difficult. And that's another whole show that I'm not going to talk about because nobody's ready to hear it. Okay, so we are if trained so. to doubt. We are trained to doubt. That's it. That's the, you, you, they call it school, but it's how to doubt. And without a doubt, it's how to doubt. And so as long as you're doubting, you have no power, you have no authority, you'll fit into the workforce, we'll never hear from you again. And that's, um, the Japanese say the nail that sticks up is the one that gets hit. 
There's a charming epithet, isn't it? Boy, that's the way to think. Mozart, right? Yeah? And they, they pounded on him pretty good, from what I understand. But we still listen to his music, and it's not because he was uneducated, because he was, had no education whatsoever. He brought it with him. So anyhow, it's not about doubting, it's about knowing. And everything in the society is about doubting. I guess, where was I? So, um, this um, compulsive mania about validation that we have that thoroughly destroys our ability to trust, yes, okay, is based on um, certainty. I must have certainty before I can act, but there's no such thing as certainty. It's another completely bogus word because and validation as well, because whatever is validated will later be invalidated. If you had a hundred-year-old physics book, right, well, that might be worth something if uh, Newton or somebody had signed it. But any of the principles in there, gone, been disproved years and years ago. College kids do nothing but disprove everything that the preceding generation created, and this has been going on. It's going since very rapidly now. Yeah, well, that's because everybody can chat with everyone on the internet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's one of us. That's the good thing about the internet, that we are now one again. We used to be individuals, but we're one again. Wait till somebody uh, ponies up and decides to start changing things on a universal level, and everybody reads that particular blog, and we have our caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Ron White. Hi. What can we do for you? Yeah. I'm wondering, is astral projection bad or dangerous? Um, Astral projection is not bad, of course. It's our nature to do this. Wait, I didn't hear the whole question. Yeah, I didn't either. I was Could about to ask. Could you repeat it? I think Okay, oh, I thought you said up. something after that. You said that. astral projection. Right, bad. Right. I heard that oh, part. Yeah. I well, of course I it's not. Yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, astral projection <laughs> is something that we do every night when we go to sleep. And in a lo uh, to a large extent, while we're sitting here thinking, I think if I were to put a guess out there, I would say only 2 to 5% of our time are we actually physically, s everything right here in this particular space, this time in this space, mm -hmm. uh, and in this now, in this location. Most of the time we are out of our body mm -hmm. all the time. Now I don't know, uh, I know that you were breaking up a little bit, so I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get that, uh, maybe you could call back if you did get disconnected. Yeah, but if you're talking about doing this consciously, I think that sometimes if, if we, uh, I, I have seen people that do out of body type things so much that it may be putting them out of balance in their life. And so it's not bad or good, but everything you have to do in, in a proportion because we are designed to also function in this reality, mm -hmm. in this uh, almost well, like a confined focus. So that's the only thing I could see, but I don't I see I came up bad. with a concept of uh, presence perfected in meditation. I came to these words, presence perfected. So if you are astrally projecting, then be present where you're astrally projecting. If you are going to own it that you're, you're not in your body at the moment and you actually change your phone message to say, hi, I'm having an out-of-body experience. I don't know when I'll be back leave a message. Okay, so, um, but the perfection of being where you are is something that would be taught to children because children do that well, but they're taught the opposite. 
oh no, you're in class, you have to pay attention, you have to be here. I'm sorry, I'm having a meditative moment. Yes, but you're five and I'm 400 and you're not gonna get away with that in my class. Then I'll be requesting another class, something far more advanced than mm. you can possibly come up with. Yeah, no, this idea of uh, presence perfected. Wherever you are, be there. As, see, we're, this is the thing. We're regularly dragged in the past to be beat up by us. And we're regularly dragged into the future to be beat up by us. Be present. If you want to go into the future and be present, you're not being beat up. If you want to go back into the past and be present, you're observing what happened and drawing conclusions you never drew before because you always fell to the guilt, manipulation, the, the fear, doubt, worry, uh, greed, <laughs> lust, whatever else. Insecurity. Insecurity has Insecurity no longer rules us. How about that? Can you write that on the men's room wall someplace? Write it in your bathroom wall so you read it every day. I, insecurity no longer runs my life. Can you imagine how powerful you would be? Mm -hmm. And I'm not insecure about being that powerful. I have to find some other reason to be insecure. <laughs> I kill me. I do. It's, I amuse I me. Yeah, so this idea of um, another concept that uh, just keeps coming through is um, brilliance of being. Yeah, similar meaning but slightly different. Brilliance of being. If I, here, <clears throat> I'm being, and I'm brilliant at it. And if I do it really, really well, you'll be able to see colors around me the brilliance of being. It's, it's a very important, you spend, you know, oh, one second, the first day you ever take a shot at this, just brilliant being, just for one second, do it now, just one second, you're just being brilliant by just being. Now tomorrow do that for two, three seconds. Just what, be there. This card, that's the whole meaning of that card in the inner wisdom What's deck. What's the name of it? Brilliance. Brilliance of being, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, now these cards aren't as vivid as the colors that I put them in originally. I remember, yeah. But um, anyway, the real colors of this were very vibrant and stuff. So anyway, it's it's that whole thing. It's like see see the brilliance of yourself. Like just feel it. Be in it. Let it radiate out mm -hmm. of you. And there's so much guilt and uh, judgment, self-judgment, if we, if we jump into yeah. that, you know, it's a... Low self-esteem. Mm -hmm. I steamed all of the lower shelves in the house. It did nothing. <laughs> so in the language codes book, and that's the one there, well, I can't see now. It's called the Hidden Language Codes. There's a bunch of them. The um, self-empowerment protocols. The... Uh, Hidden Language Codes goes on quite a bit about the idea of superstition and the list of words that are associated with languaging your power outside of you. One of them that's killer diller is the word if. If this does not happen. Uh, if can be in different connotations. But using the word if always seems to remove a decision from your matrix. 
if it rains, if it snows, if um, I don't know if uh, coins come out of the heavens, if, you know, if, 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 is just not a way to think. When we determine everything that happens in our life, so why would we be afraid of the future? The past hasn't killed us so far. So far. That's very funny in my mind. I'm laughing, so I have to catch my breath about the fact that the past hasn't killed me yet. Yeah, it can never catch up to you. Don't worry. Dun, 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 dun. Let's outrun that past. What do you say, guys? Come on, saddle up. Let's go. Let's get ahead of the... Oh, damn. You can't. You can't outrun it, and it can't catch up to you. If well, I had a fast enough engine, there you go. Well, you don't need one. You don't have to have one. It's not necessary. No, because but it's the fun. past, when it, if it caught up to you, it would be in the present, and it would no longer be the past. Oh, so no that's why I just leave it in the past. But and I, you determine I think that, the future, I would add that. Go yeah, ahead. I think just looking at the nature of fear, we are taught fear as a way to keep us safe. So we equate fear with being safe. Like uh, when I was a kid, it was the, the bunny man, or what, what, what was that, <laughs> the guy with the axe, this bunny guy that was supposed to be out there, or the boogeyman. So if it was dark and you got too far from your boundaries, that meant, uh-oh, this fear is going to round you back up. So it's, it is like the sheepdog or whatever that rounds up the sheep and brings it back in. So if you look at fear as being a function like that, then you automatically become bigger than it. And fear was implanted in our deep subconscious mind in order for us to keep ourselves safe and not uh, be endangered. So fear has become, uh, come to become an icon of a protector. And so I think that's why people find it hard to let go of fear. We think if we're fearless, the people that are fearless are like evil Knievel and they jump off cliffs and they kill themselves and they get injured. We always see fearlessness as somehow being dangerous to us. So what if we reframe that whole idea and say, my fears are not a comfort and a protector, that actually your fears keep you out of the moment for you to live fluidly in your life and actually keep you from things. Uh, do we have a call? Okay. Oh, hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hello. Say hello. You can do it. Say hello. Come hello. On. Hi. Hey, very hey. good. What's your name? Tyrone White. Oh, now I'm using my house phone. That's okay. Okay. Hi, Tyrone. How are you doing? Yeah. I'm good. Yeah, I was wondering, um, is astral projection bad? No, I wouldn't say so. It's our nature to do that. Yeah, were you able to hear our discussion on it before, or were you disconnected? Uh, I, I didn't really hear you. So oh. I was trying to find my house phone. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay, well, It'll you might want to... This will be... So, so you can re-air, too, so if, if you miss something. Did you want to say something about it? Well, I, I, it's our nature I more or less to said, uh, astrally project is our nature, and that brought up the whole conversation about being. If you're, um, we're, we're belied our being all the time. Um, being true to our own nature is the method by which we are happy. Oh um, yeah, I was wondering, like, how do you raise your vibrations so you don't have to see those uh, entities? Okay, you raise your vibration. One technique of raising the vibration is meditating daily. 
more than once, at least twice a day, but build your way up to it. Meditating is allowing your mind to be blank. And then, or, well, there's many other different methods of meditation. Is the concept of um, finding within yourself all that's required for you to accomplish whatever it is you wish to accomplish. Is it possible you could help outside uh, of my body? Uh, okay, it broke up again. Is there any way we could do what? Help uh, get outside of my body, like astral project? Well, yeah. I, d I, uh, I mean, I've been doing that for years, and uh, I, I do classes on that. And, and to me, uh, I think what you might be asking for is more like an out-of-body experience. Uh, astral projection is something that we do. Uh, the difference between astral projection and out-of-body is typically in an out-of-body situation, we are exploring this reality as we know it. And astral projection means you're going on the astral realms and, and dream time and such. But you had asked about raising your vibration, and I think that's an excellent question. And one of the biggest ways, or the only real way, that we have to significantly and permanently raise our vibration is to deal with our fears. Because as long as we're afraid, we become vibrating at this lower rate. And then anything that exists on that frequency band, just like if our bodies are vibrating at a lower rate, then all the bacteria and viruses that are existing on that plane can then come and make us sick. Mm -hmm. We have to align ourselves. And so before you do any spiritual practice, whether that's astral projection or out-of-body experiences or mediumship or doing readings for someone, it, it really is good to take it as a sacred thing, not just walking in the parking lot and, and doing this stuff. And that's is it, why... That's is it why possible I could protect myself or somehow like talk to God or well like yes, well, of course. maybe I could just finish what my Please. point here because I think that's answering the question that when you get to the place where you deal with your fears because you have to go down in order to go up then you don't have to have any protection uh, it, it's like just go to a different level of the building where these things don't exist raising your vibration I mean, is releasing fear I don't know how to answer you. I, I didn't That's hear it. He wants to know how to talk to God or talk well, to Jesus. Well, that's what I'm answering, but I, I guess this self. isn't satisfying him, so perhaps you could. Have well, you seen angels? Yes, I see angels anytime I choose to see angels. It really is that simple. Um, Tyrone, there's a lot to what you're talking about. Uh, to make yourself attractive to the higher harmonies that exist in our world, that exist in the universe, the universe is the multiverse, um, is to allow yourself to be taken up. Just don't fight it, don't resist it, don't panic, don't jump. Just allow yourself to become bigger. Allow yourself to fill yourself with um, higher harmonies, higher realms of consciousness. Just inhale, and as you exhale, you let go of doubt, and as you inhale, you invite yourself to become more aware and you just breathe like that for an hour, just however long that is. I'm breathing in the higher harmonies. I'm exhaling fear, doubt, worry, and guilt. Fear, doubt, worry, and guilt do a really excellent job of rending your ability to shift your consciousness inert. It, you cannot shift your well, yeah, and, and, and just the idea of talking to whatever deity that you're talking to, just the 
intent to communicate at a higher level raises your frequency. That's why it is good to say prayer mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But as long as we're running from a low vibration and all that, we're still living in a world in which it exists. And we have it's another call. It's for you. It's God. Oh. Hello? Hello. Hi. What's your name? Hi. It's Rita. Rita, Hi, Rita, what can we do for, for you? Hi, I have a question, and it's mainly what your feelings are about children that have fears. Um, and I'm thinking more of my grandson who has been fearful since I can remember, and he's about five now, but he's really uh, afraid to try things, afraid of, you know, being alone at night and those kind of things. And, and I wonder if it's associated a little bit, but when he was born, he had to be hospitalized. And he, he was left, you know, in the hospital um, for a couple of weeks, and it was really hard on him. And I'm wondering if that's, you know, connected. At you know, all. you know what, um, you you are hitting the nail on the head. I I've worked with quite a number of children over um, my career here with uh, with uh, emotional uh, work, freedom, mm -hmm. emotional freedom, and various other techniques that I pull into that. And I would say that if a child's afraid. There's always some m moment of impact. You know when you get a bruise and it's a bruise and then as it heals, it'll heal like the, you can see the point of impact will heal first. Right. Uh, that. There's always a point of impact and, and it, if uh, someone is like uh, that global type of uh, fear, like mm -hmm. it's a lot of different things, that shows that somewhere there is this fundamental uh, insecurity, that right. base. And I think well, you. How do you help a child get through that so that their life isn't a total fear? Well, I think there are a lot of ways. Like, for instance, I mean, I would have to probably know a little bit more, but one of the things that I would do is in, in tapping, in the emotional tapping, you can tap surrogately for others. And I do this for children all the time. And I will certainly be glad to do this after the show and send him some healing. But you could even talk to him in ways that maybe his conscious mind won't understand. But like, let's say you're sitting with him or you teach him the tapping technique and say, even though I felt like my world fell apart during those two weeks, and that everything that I thought was stable and secure disappeared. I choose to be safe now. And it has been all this time, that was only two weeks, all this other time I've been safe and secure and I know these people are going to be here. And I think that he may also, underneath everything, be worried about getting sick again. And that, that that's why he won't eat certain things and all that. Mm -hmm. So. If I, I would go directly to the fear of him being sick uh, mm -hmm. and maybe talk to him about it right. and just say, uh, you know, that happened then, but now, even if something like that were to happen, you're older now and things are very different now. Uh, just something to let him, him know. And I probably have some other ideas yes, about so that. Let me just interject one, with, you know, the basic idea that as a child, and this is coming from a different place, so just hear it for this moment. The child shows this. The child <laughs> shows this in order to become a better person. 100% of everything that happens to you is on your side. So this child shows to come in very afraid. There's a past life history, which he's acting out a little bit here. And he did this in order to, look at it this way, in order to get over fear, okay, to be done with it. So he agreed to have it amped up to an incredible volume and now with the kind love and tutelage of the adults around him, 
he may become one of the bravest people in the world. Well, and that's I, just there, another there are, perspective on it. There are past life influences with everybody, but sure. I really do believe that we recreate whatever event that we have to in this life as well so we can work on it from this thread and I help people with past life work all the time so it's not like I'm I understand disagreeing that. but yeah, yeah yeah and I agree with you too he's here to conquer fear for yeah. sure so looking but, at it but I really do feel that therapeutically that that might be right. an avenue of exploration mm -hmm. as, as yeah, well and you would so of lots course of different great things work with it. yeah well thank you Rita yeah thank you and now and now Okay, here's Isis. Isis is doing the duck this evening. And at, after the duck, this is when people may call in for a reading, and I would be happy to give you a reading if you would like to call in. I got, look in the mirror and say, I am on your side and always will be. Back yourself. There's something coming in your life that will be very significant to your growth. Be receptive. Marvelous. Mm-hmm. Yes, but you are, you are very, uh, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Um, I just didn't, uh, I just wanted the full spectrum there. Yeah, I that said it is this was a particular yeah. angle that yeah. you could consider. Yeah. Because that keeps it from being anyone's failure, mm -hmm. just to understand chosen by and Well, yeah, out. you know, that is so helpful. And I think probably the most tricky area for us to really buy into the creating reality is when things happen with children. And I remember thinking that myself, like how could a child be doing this? But really if you look at a child as already this finished, already baked, full human being and, and not missing something or, or, or hasn't grown into it, yeah. um, that it, it's a lot better and easier now, to... Free will goes up online two days before your 43rd birthday. Before that, everything is nothing. You, you choose nothing. It's all done for you. Okay. Well, I, I would say also that the work that I do, I've had yeah, very brilliant. easy success with children, which mm -hmm. is so wonderful. And I, it's so encouraging resist. when people are looking at these things yeah. early on because they can definitely be dealt with then yeah. much easier. Childlike simplicity of belief. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, my name is Dita, and I just wanted to say thank you, Neville and Mary. I love your show. Hey. I've been watching it for over 10 years, I think. Oh, thank you. you you're oh, you both brilliant. Um, I'm so grateful you're here, and I, I work in the field myself, and, and watching the two of you has definitely helped me to stand in my power and in my courage to do this kind of work. Oh, thank so you. I, I just want to thank you for everything. Oh, um, bless you. Thank you. That's so sweet. It really yeah. is. It's thank you. It's helped me to have so much fear and just doubts from other people. Mm. Oh, you can, um, you can get out of that by doubting their doubts. <laughs> yeah. They self time. Yeah, it goes like up right in your face, <laughs> and it, it's like a, a facial for you. Other people's doubts exploding make you look younger. Yes. <laughs> well, I just wanted to ask tonight with um, with the question of fear. Um, I I often hear around this time of of. Um, the year when, when we're in Mercury retrograde phases. I'm not an astrologer myself, but I have a lot of people coming to me asking about these influences. And it seems like the culture just picks up a lot of fear in mm -hmm. the metaphysical scene around this time. And I, I was wondering if you you have any um, 
anything to say about that. I'd just be well, yeah, so interested. Yeah, Neville, yeah. Neville just said uh, superstition about yeah, that. Superstition. And, and even, was it Shakespeare, the fault lies not in our stars but in ourselves or whatever? Yeah. I, I, I hear that a lot too, and I, I, I always kind of do this. Like I don't I don't want to see that I'm in some kind of phase that's going to render me powerless. Yeah, that's absurd. It's kind of scary. That's absurd. Whoever thought fear mongers, look, well, no planet is going to tell me who I am or what I do. Get out of my <laughs> way. Seriously, stand back. This is just not the deal. And if you have to give away your power to the stars, why don't you move to another planet? <laughs> Seriously, just pick a planet that'll be ideal for you. It's not completely made of mud. Yeah, you know, that is a fine line and, a, and kind of a, a, because I do Mayan astrology, and, which is more which is centered on galactic, align, yeah. galactic alignment rather than planetary. I do understand, too, that there are a lot of clues that we can pick up in our ast astrology, and I think it's interesting. But you're hitting upon a really good point, and thank you for asking this question, because all the way back to Freud, where Freud said that we store all our repressed desires and feelings and angers and sexual desires in this subconscious mind, and that we suppress it so it comes shooting out over here, and that this, that, that's how our... Um, good and bad became separated and everything. I think since then, we many people and many systems of divination have pulled in the negative, the fear stuff, because we've been trained to unite in fear, not unite in love. And so people do this lovingly often because, ooh, if this comet's going to hit us or whatever, we can all get together and, and be, be a cohesive unit. And I think you know, there's good intentions behind it, yeah. but we would be more empowered to have the other. Yeah. yeah. No, it's well, thank you. This Excellent question. Entire game between. Oh, we, have we got many some calls. more calls. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Say Hi, hello. You're on the air. Speak. Hello. Hi. Glad you. Hi. Yes. What's your name? Hi. Uh, my name. My name is uh, Susie. Hi, Susie. Susie. What can we do for you? Hi. Um, uh, I think you have a great show. Thank you. Uh, however, a few minutes ago, I was uh, wondering uh, about a statement that you had made, and it went something like this: the computer, the computer makes all of us one again. Yes. And I didn't completely understand that, and I, I was wondering if you could explain that a little further. It's. Um, I don't think you m made it you know, made it so, uh, meant it so literally. Yes. Or okay, Douglas Adams, who wrote any number of wonderful science fiction books uh, that I'd name, if I could remember any of their titles, did a little known, but published a treatise on the subject of sand, in which he explained that we owe a great deal to sand, uh, not the least of which is computer chips, and I'm doing this as rapidly as possible. Okay, and um, now, I can be in contact with anybody on the planet who has a computer, okay? So we're all one again. It's that simple. Before the computer, I could not do that. I could set up a phone tree, I, television, you know, I'll see a lot of people, but I won't, it's not possible to communicate to every other human being on Earth. And then I said, one of us is going to stand up and start the revolution. 
Well, no, I thought that for a long time that the computer does uh, allow us to have access and have places where we have community mind. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, great question. Do we have time for another call? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, you. caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Hello. you're on the air. Hi, Mary Neville. Hey. Hey, what can I do How for you? How are you? This is Greg. It's yeah. Good to talk oh, to hey. You. Hey, good to talk to you. How are you? Very good, and I, Mary, uh, I loved your uh, discussion about a spinning heart uh, a couple of weeks ago, if you recall that. Possibly. The four directions in the heart. Right, and, and I think it was, that was the, the notion technique. of the heart just oh. kind of freeing itself oh. uh, as it was going through that, that cleansing. At least that's how I interpreted uh -huh. it. Okay, yes, I remember that. Oh, thanks for bringing it up, yeah. And, and I just wanted to say I just feel very uh, receptive and positive and would be very grateful for a reading tonight. Oh, and I'll, I'll say goodnight. Okay, okay, well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, yes, that's wonderful. Yeah, the technique of uh, broadcasting love without... The yeah. I love you in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, the first card is the eagle. And in this card, I attempted to capture the spirit of the eagle, the movement, the higher, the mind, uh, the, the awareness. And so you see the eagle eye, but yet it's not really plastered to anything. There's such an independence there. And so what this is saying is that spirit is definitely moving through your life right now and um, getting you to see things that maybe you wouldn't have seen before because you were looking too close or you were too close to it and that this is giving you a, a distance from it. And in, in an, uh, with that said, that, that distance give, giving you more clarity rather than being up close is that a lot of stuff is coming from it. So I feel a lot of things going on in your life are gonna start bearing fruit and even some things from the past that you thought maybe were never going to break ground will, which leads to a great awakening. And awakening is when we can let go of the day before. We can't really have sunrise until the day before leaves consents to bow out. And so I think that uh, on so many levels, there there is a new awareness coming to you. And that spiritualness of that awakening card uh, pay attention to your dreams, and there might even be someone coming into your life that would be bringing some particularly interesting information. Excellent. So, no. and, okay. We're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays, by the way, in Fairfax Circle, if you'd like to join us. And I don't know how many are acquainted with the Tesla coil, the device that I build in copper. So a friend of mine was uh, really taken by this device, David uh, Diamond Hart. And, um, uh, succeeded in casting it in silver, which is a truly amazing device. If we've done shows on this, it, it gives off a feel, and Trevor might be interested in such a thing in that that will that uh, modify the DNA uh, by giving off a field that's very interesting. Uh, lovely. I thought, I know that there was a number of people that didn't make it onto the air, so I thought I would give a reading and that you can apply to your life. <coughs> And the first card is Messages from Spirit. And, and it's saying, like um, Tyrone, when he called, he was talking about how do I connect to this higher energy. And what it is is the person's on, on the chimney, like reaching up. It's like you have to go up to your highest level of consciousness and really reach. And then you're making your energy high enough for you to attain whatever it is you're looking for. But if you stay in the basement of the metaphoric structure, then you're only going to have things that live in the basement. So it's really time to step up and reach for what you would really love. And the egg card is sort of the wild card. Anything that you would like to hatch out of this egg is yours, but you have to put it in your nest. You have to uh, 
germinate, not germinate, but um, what is that word? Incubate. Incubate it and, and let it let it really take off. And then we said brilliance earlier and mm -hmm. see your brilliance, just radiate, brilliance, radiate your yeah. brilliance. Brilliance yes. of being, yeah. And we have, um, I don't know if we, sure. well, that's Go good. Ahead. Uh, yeah. So Rick, give me a shot here, okay. Okay, what well, was our so joy and honor to take you to the door? All right. Just pull them up. She'll get a shot of them. Chalku rays. Yeah, which are another energy device that I. He's make got some out really lovely ones now. Yeah, that I'm uh, in the process of uh, creating more of these. These, if you're initiated into Sekhim, and the people are familiar more with Reiki, but Sekhim is the real thing there, not that Reiki doesn't work. But uh, this well, is a symbol a you're familiar with. Well, it's a different, different, different energy signature.